morning. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Um, if you missed it, yesterday we took 60 people down the New River, and uh, it was an absolute blast. And uh, I just want to thank those. We had some people go up before us to start blowing up floats and preparing food, and it just was perfect, picture-perfect weather. Everything was ready when we got there. Just a great day. So um, if you were wondering, well, how come I didn't know about that? I want you to grab a paper calendar. They're on these welcomes table in the back or maybe in the vestibule we ha or lobby back there. Uh, we have stuff going on all summer long. Some stuff's family events like yesterday, and we just had a fantastic time. You should have saw us trying to get 60 floats and 60 people. We look like the Clampets going up there, but we had an absolute blast yesterday. So if you missed it, grab you a summer calendar, and you can stay up to date with what's going on this summer here at East Taylorsville. But if you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. Uh, you can also go to the back. When you leave today, there's a, a guest bag, and you can grab one of those. And this has got information about our church, ways that you can contact our church staff, and we can reach out to you. If you want us to do that, you can notify us that way uh, from the stuff inside the bag. There's also a QR code in your bulletin. You can just take your phone out, scan that, and fill that out. But um, I won't bother you any more about that. If you're visiting with us, you're welcome to reach out to us, and we will be happy to talk with you uh, about ways you can get plugged in here at East Taylorville. So, um, Stand up with us this morning, if you will. Turn to your neighbor, tell him hello, and remind him to get a summer calendar.
As a church, there are a few things we do that are more important than seeking the Lord together. There's no greater privilege that we have than to just call on Him and know that He hears us, to know that He's with us. And when we come to this time every week in our service, it's not just a time filler. This is important things that we talk about, that we call on the Lord about. And as we pray together today and as we seek the Lord together, um, the reality is that in this room there are so many different needs. There are some of you that are broken over sinful choices, and you just need to take time to be honest before the Lord and confess. There are some of you that have brought in burdens of health issues, and no one else knows what you're facing. There are some of you that are facing struggles in your marriages and in your families with your children. There are so many needs in here. That's the reality, but we can all rest assured that God knows every single detail in your life. Whether you speak it, whether you hide it, or whether you show it, God knows every single detail of your life, and He is the one that we must call on to meet that need. Psalm 86 says, You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call on you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I'm in distress, I call to you because you answer me. So today, as we come to this time of regular prayer as a congregation, I'm going to invite you, if you want to come and kneel here at the altar, stand at the altar, or stay in your pew, you can rest assured that we have a God who knows what you need, knows every detail of your life, and know that he will hear you when you call. So during this time, as our praise team leads us in this time of singing, I want to invite you to come before I lead us in prayer. You come. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we call on you, and we're thankful that you hear us. And Lord, the amazing truth is you know everything about us. Lord, we're thankful for your love and your mercy that's new every day. But Lord, we're thankful that you care for us. What you desire for us is good, and it is perfect. And Lord, I'm thankful that no matter what the need is in this room of each individual, whether it's just personal struggles, fears, or doubts, or health needs. God, you are more than able to meet every single need of every person. As a congregation right now, I just want you to thank the Lord that he knows you. He knows what you need. And whatever it is, just call out to him. Ask him to meet that need. Express your dependence on him to meet that need. For those of you that are struggling with just personal choices and sin, know that you can confess and know that there is cleansing. And just do that right now. And pray for the strength to resist and to walk in holiness.
And I encourage you to pray for those around you and pray for your family right now. Ask God to move in their hearts that they would love him more, that they would walk with him, provide for them and protect them and use them. Our Heavenly Father, we are so humbled by your presence. Lord, none of us, if it were up to us, could stand. But God, by the power of your grace and mercy, through the love of your Son, through the work on the cross, his death and resurrection, Lord, everything can be made new. Our relationship with you can be restored. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, thank you for your presence. And for those that are struggling today, I pray that you'd meet their needs. Lord, just change us to be more like you. Convict us today of the things that we need to change. Lord, may we as a congregation seek to honor you in everything that we do. May East Hillsville Baptist Church be a light for you in this community. May we honor you in every choice we make, everything we do, and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. They say sometimes you win some, and sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. I've stood in this place time after time, reminding the broken it'll be alright. Right now. Oh, right now I just can't. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can. Say through the fire with your mighty hands, but even if you don't, my hope is you alone. They say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain, 
Well, good thing a little faith is all I have right now. But God, when you choose to leave mountains unmovable, oh, give me the strength to be able to see it is well with my soul. the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its stories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, 
The pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, paradise is restored, heaven opened, and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject, our good, the design, and the glory of God, its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, health to the soul, and a river of pleasure. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the greatest labor, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. Pray it in, read it through, live it out, and pass it on. Well, it's my honor to introduce someone who's going to introduce our special Gideon speaker today. So Robert St. Clair, if you will make your way up here. Robert is one of our members, and I found out this morning Robert is one of the charter members of our local Gideon camp here in Alexander County. So uh, it's an honor to have Robert here to introduce Kurt um, to us. So Robert, thank you for being here. And I don't know what you're going to say, but um, anytime you guys need Bibles, if you have a friend that you want to share Scripture with, you can talk to Robert. He's going to take care of you, make sure he gets the Word of God to your hands that you can pass it on. Thank you, Robert. just like to say a couple of things before I introduce our speaker. I just want to say to this church, thank you for your support and all that you give us. Without the churches and other people that support the Gideons, we couldn't do this. Each year in the fall, we go into the fifth grade and we give out over 500 of the testaments to the fifth graders. And as far as I know, this will be, the, November will be our 45th year as a Gideon camp in Taylorsville. As far as I know, we've never missed a, a year. We even went when the, a couple years ago whenever they had the pandemic. But anyway, I want to thank you for your support and all the other churches in the county that help us. We couldn't do it without you. We have, uh, Millersville Academy has been added for the last couple years. And we also go into the jails every Sunday morning. And there's a few other places around that we distribute God's word. And the only thing I can say, thank you. I really uh, appreciate this church and all that you do for us. Our speaker for, for this day is from Hickory Camp, Kurt Abbey. Would you make him welcome? Good morning. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here, and thank you, Robert, for that introduction about the Gideons, and I want to thank Kevin for his kindness and helping me get started, and thank you, Mike, for putting this lapel microphone on me. I'm going to tell you a quick story on that. You know, I believe a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I've been in the Gideons and for about 21 years and had the opportunity to speak in a lot of churches, and I, uh, about 15 years ago, I was called to speaking in church up in West Jefferson. Well, they actually had rally day that day, and they were speaking in about 20, 20 some churches that morning, and they needed some extra speakers, so I signed up and volunteered to go, and 
I got up there and we went to our little prayer service and they gave me my packet, had my directions in it to get out to this church. It was way out in the countryside over there and it had some directions in it. It was long before I had a GPS system and, and so they had directions in my packet. And I don't know what happened. I got way out there in the middle of the countryside and got lost. Um, couldn't find my church and you know here it was getting close to 11 o'clock and I thought I gotta find this church they're gonna be thinking the Gideon speaker's not gonna show up and I saw a man working in his yard I pulled over and asked the gentleman uh, where this church was at and told him who I was and he said uh, they've changed the road that, that road sign's missing down there and you made a wrong turn he said you're gonna have to go back and he told me how to get there it's gonna take me about 20 minutes to get to this church and I, I thought oh my I've got to hurry so I finally got there and I guess they thought the speaker may not be coming. They had a man standing out in the yard just hoping I was going to show up. And I pulled up, and he saw me, and he motioned me, wanted me to park right there on the church yard in front of the church. He said, come on in. It's going to be just a few minutes. We're looking for you, you know. So they did, and, and I came in. And, and when I came down the middle aisle, they had this lapel microphone, and this man was wanting to put this on me. And we were rushing to get it on, and I looked down, and the light was green, and it, it had a piece of duct tape over the on-off switch. And I, I said, sir... It, he said, don't mess with that on-off switch. He said, if you do, it'll short out and we can't get you on. It don't work just right. So I'll control you in the back. Don't worry about a thing. I won't turn you on until you get up there to speak. So that's what I did. So they brought me down, sent me down the front row. Church was packed that day. And there were some rather large men on both sides of me. And they were singing all those old hymns. And down in the fourth and fifth verse, they sung every verse. And, you know, I didn't have a hymnal because there were no hymnals in the front. And I like to sing with gusto. I like to sing like, sing like you mean it, you know. And uh, I'm not very good at it. Though. The problem is I sound kind of like pouring gravel in an old galvanized bucket. It's about how pleasure it is. So they got to singing and I was singing. I got down in the third and fourth, fifth verse. You know, I knew the chorus, but I didn't know the verse and I didn't have a hymn on. I didn't want to quit singing. So I just kind of made up the words. I didn't think anything about it until after I got, gave my message. After the message was over, I went to the back to shake hands with everybody. And the first, one of the first people that came out was an elderly lady on a cane. And I remember, I can just see it now, she came up to me. She said, Sonny boy, I don't remember anything you said, but you sure can sing. <laughs> I said, ma'am, I'm surprised you could even hear me. She said, oh, yes. Yeah. said, when you started singing, I could hear you coming out of the ceiling. And then she got up real close to me and she said, but you know what? I believe you got a different songbook than I got. <laughs> you know, Mary Hart doeth good like a medicine. You know, I, I tell everybody when I go into church, I like to see people smile. Because you know why? Because if you are a Bible-believing Christian, know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it don't matter how bleak or bad things may get, there is a better day coming. You can count on it. Because I'm just passing through. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm on my way to heaven. You know, the Gideon organization is a Christian organization of business and professional men whose sole purpose, we only have one purpose, and that's to win men, women, boys, and girls to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We do that through two methods. We do that through sharing our personal testimony and witnessing to others. And then what you're more familiar with is the distribution of Bibles. Currently, we distribute Bibles in 109 different countries. And we print Bibles in 109 different languages. To date, we've given out a little over 
billion Bibles. We can only do that through your effort, through your support. We consider ourselves a missionary arm of the church. And I can stand up here and give you all these statistics, but you're not going to remember those statistics. What really matters is the question you and I have, is the Bible really doing any good? Giving out all those Bibles, is it really having an impact on people around the world? Let me tell you, it's having a very profound impact on people all over the world. We get testimony, Robert can tell you, we get testimony after testimony after testimony of people's lives that's been changed because they either seen a hotel Bible, a full-size Bible, this is an old hotel Bible, or the testaments that we give out. Many, many lives has been changed because of one of these. You know, and many of these testimonies are just heartbreaking. I mean, you can just see God's hand all over some of these testimonies. Um, there was a, we have something called Bible Blitz or Bible Distribution. We'll go into countries that are in deep, deep need of Bibles. And we'll set these things up. We set these Gideon camps up, camps up in the countries that we're in. And we use the local men that know the people and the culture and the language. It's much easier then to get into school systems and all the places we want to distribute Bibles. And we'll set these up sometimes a year in advance. And we'll go into an area and there'll be maybe a dozen Gideons sign up from all over the world that want to come in and help. And they'll go in and maybe ship well over 100,000 Bibles into that area. And they'll stay there maybe two weeks and they'll have all this set up ahead of time and, and they'll divide Gideons up in pairs and they'll put them in vans and cases of Bible and, and take them out all over the countryside handing out Bibles. Well, usually they have, sometimes during the day they'll have a, an hour or two of free time and those Gideons don't waste any of that time. They'll like to get them what they call personal worker testaments and it's the same thing as this. If it's the ones we buy as Gideons and we uh, witness to people and try to lead people to Christ. Well, this Gideon had a little free time that day and he was this, this Bible distribution was in Columbia, the country of Columbia. He had a little free time that day, and he picked a street corner that was very busy, and he was out there just handing out Bibles and witnessing to people. This man came along, and he saw him coming. He just stepped out and asked the man if he'd like to have a testament. The man really didn't want to talk. He could tell the man just wasn't really happy about him being there, but he didn't want to bring any attention to himself, so he just jerked the Bible out of the man's hand, stuck it in his pocket, and went on. Well, this man that just took that Bible came from deep in the jungles of Columbia and the illegal drug camp. And this drug camp, there was 40 men worked in this drug camp and anything evil thing that you can think of went on at this drug camp. And once a week, they'd send a man into town to get supplies. Well, that man was chosen to go get supplies that week and while he was there, this man, this Gideon, handed him a Bible. They went and got his supplies, got him back to the drug camp deep in the jungles of Columbia, unloaded his supplies. And remember, he had that Bible in his pocket. So he took it out, laid it out on the table. That little book became so popular in about two weeks, they had to roll dice to see who would get to read it for like an hour at a time. And I'm here today to tell you that drug camp no longer exists. All 40 of those men came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because of one little testament. Twelve of those men are now pastors in little small churches scattered through the jungles of Columbia. Two are traveling evangelists, all because of one little Bible. The Word of God is alive and powerful. And the Holy Spirit eternally changes people's lives when they read these scriptures. Testimony after testimony of people's lives has been changed. There was a man out, lived along the banks of the Mississippi River. He 
name was Gerald Cortez. And his life, had, he, he lost his marriage and his life was in shambles and he, he became alcoholic and it was just a downward spiral. And he was going to commit suicide. And there was a place along the Mississippi River there where he fished sometimes. And there was an area where the water was, it was a deep hole and the water kind of swirled in that. And he felt like if he jumped in there to take his life, even if he changed his mind, he wouldn't be able to get out of the water and save himself. So he walked up to the edge of the water there and started to jump in. When he looked out, there was something caught his eye. And he hunted around, got a stick, and fished it over to the bank. And it was a little red New Testament like this. But he'd been in the water for some time, and it was all swelled up. Pages were stuck together, and he couldn't open it. And he, he thought, you know, that's really strange. I come out here to take my life, and I find a Bible in the water. And so he said he just couldn't take his life, and he couldn't throw the Bible down. So he went back home, walked in the house, laid the Bible up on the fireplace, man, and forgot about it a couple weeks. A few weeks went by. His life hadn't got any better. It was on a Friday evening. He decided he's going to end his life. Stopped at a pawn shop, bought a handgun. He got home. He walked right in the house, sat down on the couch, loaded the handgun, tilted his head back and stuck the gun under his chin, and when he tucked it, looked forward and he looked right at that Bible up on the fireplace mantel. He said, you know, I forgot about that. So he laid the gun down and got the Bible down off the fireplace mantel and it had dried out and he could open the pages and he began to read and he read and he read. He said, in the wee hours of the morning, he got down on his knees there in his living room and gave his heart to Jesus. Today, he's a pastor in a church there along the banks of the Mississippi River. You know, somebody probably upstream, somebody had had that Bible, had got it somewhere and throwed it away probably. We're going over the bridge, threw it out in the water, thought that would be the end of that. But God gets that word where it needs to be. In Isaiah 55, 11, God said, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. When God's word goes out, it's not coming back empty. It's going to be a success. God said it would be, and it would prosper. And it will get into the right hands of the people that need to read it and to hear it. You know, we live in troubling times. I mean, the word, there's a, there's a strong desire, and it's easier lots of times to give out Bibles in some of these third world countries than it is right here in America. I mean, a lot of the school systems um, are beginning to close their doors. Uh, in Catawba County, it's tough. It has been tough, and it's opened up a little bit through your prayers. But there's a lot of school systems now that's closing doors. A lot of hotels now don't want us to go room to room to put Bibles in hotels. They want us to. Some of them now are getting to where they just want us to bring a case of the Bibles to the lobby at the checkout lobby there. And then if somebody asks for one, they would have some to give them, but they didn't want to put it in the room in case it might offend somebody. That's in America, in the Bible Belt of the South. We need you, how, how, there's two ways you can help the Gideons. The first way is to pray. Pray that the doors that are open now will continue to stay open and more doors will open up. And the second way is through your financial support. You know, it's later than it's ever been. It is. Time's winding down. You know, we think things are going to continue, but if we believe what the Bible says, that's not so. Billy Graham, when he used to 
when he was giving sermons about the end times and about the second coming of Jesus, he'd tell a story sometimes about this family that had a grandfather clock. A lot of people probably had a grandfather clock at that time like this, but the grandfather clock was set up to where it would chime at the top of the hour. When it struck 1 o'clock, it would chime one time, 2 o'clock, two times, 3 o'clock, three times, all the way to 12, and then it would start over. If you, if, if you heard it chime, if you wasn't standing in front of the clock, if you could just count the chimes, you'd know what time it was. Well, one night the clock malfunctioned. And there was a young son that lived in the house, about 11 or 12 years old, and he was wide awake in the middle of the night. He couldn't sleep. And so at midnight, the clock started to chime. And he was just laying in the bed counting the chimes. One, two, three. And the clock malfunctioned. It chimed 13 times. He jumps up out of the bed and starts running through the house. He said, wake up, wake up, everybody wake up. It's later than it's ever been. That's kind of humorous, but on God's timetable, it's later than it's ever been. I say that to say this. If you have loved ones that's lost, or you have co-workers that's lost, people around you that you come in contact with on a regular basis, don't put it off. You need to talk to those people because time's running out. Time's running out. Prayer is a very powerful thing. When that veil was ripped from top to bottom, we can lift our prayers right in to the throne room of grace. We don't have to go through anybody else. Do we utilize that fully? I look at myself all the time. Kevin said such a wonderful prayer this morning, and I appreciate that so much because it needs to be personal. You know, I, 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 I say this everywhere I go because I, it, it speaks to me. If God answered every prayer I prayed for the last two weeks the way I wanted it answered, if he answered every prayer, how many people would have got saved? Am I praying for my lost friends and neighbors and co-workers? That's what it's all about. Because you miss heaven, you're going to miss it all. You're going to miss it all. The average life expectancy today is about it's in the, getting in the early 80s or low 80s. And uh, I think it's about 82 for women and it's a little bit less for men. You know, and, and I, I tell everybody where I go, you know, if you, if you, it's an average. If you are over 82, you know, clock's ticking. And everybody's sitting there thinking, well, I'm not that old yet. I'm not that old. If you're under 82, it's an average. They may have borrowed your time. You don't know. We don't know. You know, our culture tries to tear down Christianity um, we live in a culture of relativism where, you know, people think that, you know, there's no absolute truth. Everything's just relative. It's situational ethics. We live in a society where, you know, I'm going to base my decisions on my situation and my circumstances. Not on the Word of God. I'm going to base it on my situation and my circumstances. Because they think that, well, you know, everything's right sometimes, but nothing's right all the time. The Bible is absolute truth. The Bible is right all the time. All the time. You know, I, I say this because, you know what? Of all the 
places around the world that we hand out and distribute Bibles. And I'm encouraging you to support the Gideons through your prayers and financial support. But truthfully, before you really have a burning desire to give somebody else a Bible, that Bible's got to do something for me. It's got to do something for you. And then you want to share that with somebody else because it brings such joy and peace and comfort. Knowing that as dark as the day may be, one day there's going to be a better day. It's going to be for all eternity. Um, you know, it's a proven factor. You can live with minimum food, minimum clothing, minimum shelter. But the one thing that you cannot live without is hope. And when you take hope away from somebody, you can see the blood drain right out of their face. And that's what this Bible does. It gives people hope to know no matter how much they have to endure, there's a better day coming. There's a better day coming. You know, I believe in the power of prayer. I'll share this with you because you're not going to hear this any other way. I believe lots of times we have not because we ask not. And then sometimes we ask for the wrong reasons. A friend of mine, uh, it was a Gideon, and uh, this had probably been 15, 18 years ago. Um, we, we'd go to the same church, and we would go help out other Gideon camps when they needed speakers for their rally day. So that Sunday, we'd signed up. They needed some speakers out in Far City, out in Rutherford County. So we would drive together, and we would go. We'd ride together, and I drove that Sunday. And we went to a central location, and we had a prayer service, and they gave us our packet. And, of course, I drove to my church where I was going, and they had a Gideon there that had a van, and they would take the, the Gideons that had rode with somebody else and drop them off at their church where their assignment was. And then afterwards, they'd come back by and pick them up. We'd meet back in a central location to, to go back home then. Well, David that day uh, had rode with a Gideon, in the van and they dropped him off at his church and uh, he spoke at that church and afterwards uh, he was waiting at the back of the church with one of the deacons for his ride to come by and he said in the back of the church this church was out in the Golden Valley area Rutherford County if you're familiar with that but um, this church was a very old church and and in the church uh, best of you they had a portrait of every pa former pastor at that church and a few sentences summed up their ministry while they were there. And it was, he said it was very interesting to read. And the deacon saw what he was doing. He said, oh, before your ride gets here, you've got to come over here and read about this preacher we had around the turn of the century. And here's how the story goes. It was around 1890-something. And uh, the pastor at the church had been there for some time, but he came down with some type of illness, and he had a fever. And there was a country doctor came by every day to check on the preacher and his fever kept rising just a little bit and rising. And the doctor tried to do everything he could do to help the preacher, but it just kept rising. Didn't know what he had, didn't know what to do for it. And uh, so the doctor came by that day. Preacher was in the bed. He took his temperature, and his, and his temperature had risen quite a bit. It was getting really dangerous high. And, and, and the doctor said, Preacher, we've got to do something about this fever. If your fever rises as much tomorrow as it did today from yesterday, you'll be dead before I get here. And he said, we've got to get your fever down. And he said, well, the preacher said, what do we need? And he said, the only thing I know to do is pack you in ice. We've got to pack you in ice to get your fever to break, get your fever down. But they didn't have any ice there. The closest place to get ice was Asheville, and they had to go by horse and buggy. The only way to get it there. And 
The doctor said, listen, preacher, you ain't got, they ain't got time to go to Asheville to get ice. You'll be dead before they get back here with the ice. And the preacher said, doctor, do you not have any faith? He said, what do you mean? He said, do you not have any faith? He said, roll me out of this bed. Help me get out of this bed. Get down on my knees before I can pray. So the doctor said, listen, doc, preacher, you're too sick to get out. He said, help me get out of the bed. Get me down on my knees where I can pray. Help the preacher get out of his bed. He got down on his knees. He began to pray and call out to God. They had a congregation sign that form stating that this was true. Said in about 30 minutes, these dark clouds started rolling in. And guess what? It started hailing. They went out in the churchyard and dipped up ice in buckets and packed that preacher in ice, and his fever broke, and he preached at that church, I think it was eight or nine more years after that. That's the power of prayer. How many times do we boldly come to the throne of grace to pray? If you know people that's lost, lift them up. And let God go before you and plow the ground, soften the soil. So when that seed's planted, it falls in good ground. I want to thank you so much for supporting the Gideons like you have. And You know, 100% of all the money you give goes to purchase and distribute Bibles. Whatever we do as Gideons, we pay for that ourselves. We have people at home office that, that are paid out of salary, but they're paid out of the dues that we pay, annual due, membership dues we pay as Gideons every year. So when you give people, when you give money to the Gideons, you give somebody a Bible or multiple Bibles. You know, these Bibles, now, everything's went up a little bit. These Bibles now are about a dollar and a half a piece. And the motel Bibles are still around five, but I, I have a feeling they're probably going to go up a little bit too. You know, just a few dollars can make all the difference in the world. You know, you won't know when you give money to the Gideons, you won't know who got that Bible and how much it did until you get to heaven. There just ain't no way to know. Because you'll be sending Bibles on the other side of the world where you're never going to set foot on. You're never going to see those people. You know, we had a Bible distribution some time ago on the Ivory Coast of Africa. And uh, same type of situation. Uh, they sent in a little over 100,000 Bibles and about a dozen Gideons signed up to go. And they were over there about 10 days and they divided them up in vans, pairs of Gideons, and they had those vans packed full of cases of Bibles. And, and uh, they ran out of Bibles. They just had such a desire for Bibles. And everywhere they went, the school systems, everywhere there was just more people there than they thought. And they, about the, the day before that last day, they ran out of Bibles. And they still had three schools to go to the next day. And so they, that night, they all went together and looked in everybody's vans and make sure, divvy up. They just, they were out of Bibles. They didn't have any more Bibles. They just, the need was just more than what they had. And uh, so... They went, these two Gideons still went to those three schools they were going to go to, and they shared the, what, who, who they were and why they were there, and they, they led people through the plan of salvation and, and said, if we can get back over here, we'll bring some Bibles, we'll make sure you get Bibles next time. Well, they left that last school, and they were actually way out in a remote area, and, and a lot of the roads over there, the road sign, they don't have good road signs up, and if you're not familiar with the area, have a local person with you, it's hard to find your way around. And these two Gideons were trying to leave that last school and went through the countryside and was going to try to get back to the little town that had their motel in it because they were going to fly home the next day. And, and they, they just got lost. They, they went down a couple different roads and wound up at this same intersection a couple times. He said, listen, we've got to ask somebody, stop somewhere else. So they, they, they said, there's, there's an old, looks like a building over there on that hill, and it could be some people over there. Let's just drive over there. And the road was kind of rough, and they drove up there to it. 
And it, when they got closer, it was an old cinder block building. And there wasn't any windows in it, and it was just pretty rough. But it looked like it was worn around the outside. It looked like people may be there inside. And they had a little playground thing on the backside. And so we went up to the door and knocked on the door. This lady comes to the door, opens the door. Soon as she sees this man, she throws her hands up in the air, says, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for answering our prayer. And just kept on and on. And Gideon said, Ma'am, I'm sorry, I don't know. What. She said, Aren't you the men that give out the little Bibles? And Gideons, I think they, they call them. And she, he said, Yes, ma'am, we are. But, but ma'am, we didn't mean to come here. We lost. We lost. Got, you know, we, we, and he explained that they'd been at this school and they got lost out there in the countryside, need direction. She said, Listen, you're not lost. We've been praying for three years that you would come to our little school. And God has finally answered that prayer. And she just carried on and went on. And he, he said, man, we don't have any Bibles. We're out. We ran out yesterday, and we don't have any Bibles. I'm sorry. And, and so he said, we'll come in and speak to your children. Now, this was a little different school. This was an orphanage. This was a little small orphanage of children that had leprosy. And he said it was just a pitiful sight. He said uh, these children had all kind of health problems and skin problems and, and just orphans on top of that and they didn't have you know, too good of conditions there to live in and it just it was just pitiful and, and, uh, and she just kept on and on about the Bibles and one Gideon looked at the other one and he said just take her out to the van show her we don't have any Bibles because she's not going to believe us till we do I brought a, a case empty case here that Bibles come in and uh, he went out to the back of the van and he started pulling these cases out, just showing her and pitching them there on the ground. They don't have any Bibles. He was just going to show her, we don't have any Bibles. And he kept laying them out there and he reached up in behind the driver's seat, pulled on a box, and as soon as he pulled on that box, he thought there's something in that box. So he pulled it out, opened it up. There's a hundred comes in these cases. He opened it up and there was 28 Bibles in there. He said, he said, I know we looked at every one of these boxes. We didn't have any Bibles, or these would have been given out a long time ago. He said, God must have printed these Bibles while we were in there talking, because I knew there wasn't no Bibles in this box. Opened it up, and there was 28 Bibles in there. Guess how many kids was in that little orphanage? 28. Took the Bibles back in and uh, asked everybody if they wanted a Bible. They don't force these on anybody. Laid them out on the table, and they all wanted a Bible. Raised their hand, and he said, if you'd like to, just come up. And they all got single file line coming down through there. And uh, he said they were very polite, and everybody was just happy to get a Bible. But there was one sitting in the very back that had the hand up in the air, but didn't come and get the Bible. So he just reached up back on the area there and got a Bible, and he just started down through the aisle to... This child back in the back. Hand was up in there. When he got close, closer he got, he realized it was a young girl. And, and the hand she had up in the air was just a nub. All the fingers were gone off her hand. <clears throat> and he said he got closer and he realized why she hadn't come up there. She had big tears coming down her face. Her eyes were messed up because of the leprosy. She couldn't see. She was blind. And he, he, he asked the little girl, he said, honey, I have a Bible here. Uh, would you like to have one? She said, oh, yes, I would love to have one. She said, I can't read it, I can't see it, but I've got friends that can 
that can read it and, and help me with it. And, and he said he just felt compelled to ask the little girl, said, honey, would you like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now? And she said, oh, yes, I would. What do I need to do? And, and, and she got out of the chair, and he helped her, and she knelt down, and, and he led her through the sinner's prayer. And he said she prayed so earnestly. And he said he realized that was the whole reason he probably, that God wanted him to come on that trip because he had had reservations about even coming anyway to do it. And he realized that that was the sole purpose God had warned him to come on that trip to make sure that little girl got a little testament and come to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He said, he, he said honey, there's a place in the front here. If you, if you accept Jesus, you can sign it and date it. Would you like for me to sign your name and date it? And she said, oh, yes, sir, if you would, please. And he said his heart just broke because he knew he was getting ready to get back in the van and go to his motel and fly back home here in America to his cushy home and his cushy job and his cushy van. And this little girl, things weren't going to get any better for her. I mean, she was going to have a tough life. But he knew because what she had just done, that one day this little girl was going to have a glorified body and he'd see her again in heaven. That's because of the money you gave and the money you give to the Gideons is the only reason that can happen. I can stand up here all afternoon and tell you testimony after testimony of people's lives that's been changed because of one little Bible. You know, there's people in here thinking right now how you can support the Gideons financially. We can't do this on our own. We can only do this through your support. Whatever we do as Gideons, we pay for that ourselves. When you give money, it goes for Bibles for somewhere. I, a case of Bibles now is a little over $150. There's probably people in here today that was thinking, maybe I can give 5 or 10 $15, and that's great. But there's probably people in here today that can write a check to the Gideons International for $150 a case of Bibles, and you never miss it. Never miss it. You know, I used to be, I used to be really timid to ask for money when I spoke for the Gideons, but no more. That changed a few years back. The more Gideon conventions I go to and the more people I see that are on the way to heaven because of one of these little Bibles makes all the difference in the world. You know, there's a story about a, a grandfather that walked along the seashore with his grandson, and, and every few steps, the grandfather reached down to pick up something, throw it back in the water. And his uh, grandson began to see him doing this, and he said, Grandfather, what are you doing? He said, These are sand dollars washed up on shore, and everyone that lays out here in the sun is going to die. But everyone that I pick up and throw back in the water He's probably going to live. And immediately his grandson said, well, grandfather, there's just thousands of them out here. You think you can really make a difference? And his grandfather, in his wisdom, didn't say anything. He just reached down and picked up another one. And he showed it to his grandson. And he said, for this one, it makes all the difference in the world. And threw it back in the water. You're going to have a, we're going to have offertory plates at the back you'll be able to make your offering back there. You know, Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, now these are Jesus' words, not mine. Jesus said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For with the same measure you give, it'll be measured back to you. Now, I'm not one of those prosperity preachers. Because more than likely, 
Money is not what you need. There's a lot of things so much more valuable than money that only God can give you. Stuff like better relationships. Maybe have peace in your heart when you lay down on your pillow at night to be able to sleep good. Maybe it's better health. I don't know what it is, but there's lots of things that money can't buy that only God can give. God promised that when his word goes out, it will not return void. It will, not, it will prosper. It will succeed. And Jesus said when you give, you'll be blessed for it. That's right out of the Bible. That's not my word. I want to thank you so much, but before we end, I'm going to ask Kevin to come up. Because, you know, there may be somebody here today that don't know for sure if you're going to wind up in heaven or not. Maybe you've not taken care of business with God. Because our culture today says there, the last Pew Research poll I saw said that 50, they interviewed over 36,000 people. And these were evangelical Christians. And out of that 36,000, almost 57% said that they believed there were multiple ways to God. I'm here to tell you there is only one way. One way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, woman, child comes to the Father except through me. The devil's been working overtime to convince people there's other ways because there is no other way. I want to see you in heaven, and you want to be there. Trust me, because you don't want the alternative. God can take anybody in any situation. You come to him humbly. And repent and confess and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Romans 10, 9, it says, If you'll say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be saved. Come on, let Kevin come. I'm going to ask if you would just bow your heads. I just want to close us in prayer. And as Kurt just explained the gospel, there may be somebody here today that just, this is the day. The Holy Spirit's convicted you. And you just say, I need Jesus. I encourage you right now, just in your own words from your heart, say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you love me. I put my faith in you right now as my Lord and Savior. And save me. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not about how good you are, how perfect you are. It's about the grace and the complete and perfect work of Jesus Christ that saves us. And all we can do is respond in faith. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, a word that someone shared with me growing up here at East Taylorsville Baptist Church. And thank you, Lord, that through the truth of your word, and by the power of your spirit, lives can be changed. And I'm thankful for the Gideons and the ministry that they do all around the world. Help us as a church to always understand how important your word is, that that's what we build our lives on. That's what this church is built on. Or may we never compromise, and may we be faithful to spread it wherever we go in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. And as we're dismissed today, we're not going to have a closing song, but just want to remind you that you have a chance to respond as Kurt has shared, to commit to pray for the Gideons 
but also you have a chance to give. Our, our ushers, our guys will be at the doors if you would like to contribute to the ministry of the Gideons. As a church, we support them in our budget, but especially on this Sunday, we give above and beyond what we do throughout the year. And I would encourage you, if you would like to purchase a whole box or if you'd like to purchase one, um, for you just to give as the Lord leads you. And as you leave today, you can place that in the offering plates. Uh, there's also the option if you give online. So many of you have started transitioning to giving online. And as you give online, there is an option in the designation box that you can designate that to the Gideons throughout this week. And I encourage you to do so. But thank you for being here today. And Kurt will be available, I'm sure, down here at the front if you'd like to speak to him. But I hope you have a great afternoon and you're dismissed.